Psalm 126, verse 6, is one of the many Old Testament verses that lay the foundation for the New Testament message. There's so many verses that you look at them in the Old Testament light, you go, okay, that makes sense. But then you look at them in light of the New Testament, which, which didn't even exist yet when, they, when these words were written. And you say, wow, that almost seems like it fits better in the New Testament than the Old Testament. And this is one of those verses. So completely does this fit in with the New Testament that, man, I'm tempted to call it prophetic. Even though it doesn't officially prophesy anything, it gives you a foreshadowing of what's coming someday. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I mean, that's like a classic soul-winning verse, except there was no soul-winning in the Old Testament. There was no gospel message in the Old Testament. There was no burden for souls. There was no church to bring those sheaves into. And yet, this verse inspired... The, and that's not the best word, but it's the word we understand what it means. The, the hymn that we sang at the beginning of the message tonight, bringing, uh, of the service. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We, where does that come from? This verse right here. In the Old Testament. So bringing in the sheaves is a New Testament concept, but here's this verse in the Old Testament that inspires that. The verse certainly makes sense in the context of the Old Testament. Which is, as I told you when we read the passage... That it was sung by the Jews after the captivity was over. And this thing of he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. It was a message that said to the Jews, hey, don't give up. Don't stop believing God. We got out of the captivity. We'll get out of this too, whatever this is. Whatever trial you're going through today. God delivered you from the captivity. He'll deliver you from this too. Wouldn't be surprised if. We don't know this. But I wouldn't be surprised if. This Psalm 126 was quoted or sung. You'll notice that the, in, the, in the title it says a song of degrees. So it was a song that they sang. As they made their way to the house of God. Wouldn't be surprised if they sang it. As they were rebuilding the temple. And all of the trials that they faced there. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a song that they sang as they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem under Nehemiah. Don't know that they did, that they did but, but wouldn't be surprised because it fit. Hey, we got through the captivity, we'll get through the rebuilding of the wall. We got through the captivity, we'll get through the rebuilding of the temple. We can take this. The Lord will deliver us because he delivered us then. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. It certainly makes sense in the context of the Old Testament. But it takes on a whole new meaning in light of the New Testament. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. How, I mean, how much power does that verse have in the light of the parable of the sower. Matthew 13. 
And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but other fell into good ground. And brought forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to ear, let him hear. I mean, how perfectly does it fit in with, with that from Jesus? The words, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. How perfectly does Psalm 126.6 fit in with the Great Commission? Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I mean, you could almost throw in right there. I mean, it would have fit perfectly if Jesus wanted to add, He that goeth forth and weepeth, Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. How perfectly does Psalm 126.6 fit with 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 7, where the apostle Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase and Paul could have added right there he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him how perfectly does it fit with Galatians 6 9 it's almost a sister verse to Galatians 6 9 let us not be weary in well-doing for in due seasons season we shall reap if we faint not it was perfectly appropriate in the context of Psalm 126. But it takes on whole, a whole new meaning with the arrival of the gospel, with the arrival of the Great Commission, with the arrival of taking the word of God, the gospel message to the whole world. I love the phrase precious seed. And as you've seen in all these slides beginning at the, from the beginning of the service, you know that's where we're going for just a few minutes. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. That is so much considered a soul winning verse that there are multiple ministries across America called bearing precious seed. And their ministry is to print and disperse Bibles. I met a man, Joey and I met a man that worked in uh, El Paso in a, a, a ministry called Bearing Precious Seed. And I asked him, I said, you know, I used to know a guy in Oklahoma that worked in a ministry called Bearing Precious Seed. And I said, is this the same ministry? And he said, I don't know. He said, there's so many ministries called Bearing Precious Seed. I don't know if it's the same one or not. But it's a perfect name. For scattering the seed, there's one ministry called Bearing Precious Seed that their very logo is a man with a seed bag and he's reaching in the seed bag scattering Bibles and the Bibles are going around the world. That's how much the phrase Bearing Precious Seed is associated 
with the Word of God. I want you to go away tonight with this thought. God's Word is precious seed. You have more than a book sitting in your lap. We have done more tonight than hear the words of a book. I have well over, I don't know how many books I have in my library, but, but well into the thousands, probably a couple thousand. But none of them is precious seed. This book is precious seed. And let me tell you why. Let me give you a few reasons why. It's precious seed because of its origin. These words come from God. So how do you know that? Because I spent a good part of my teenage years asking God to prove that to me. There came a point in my early teens where I realized, wait a minute, I was born in a Christian home, I was raised in a Christian home. It's very possible that I believe Christianity is because of how, where I, how I was raised. So I said, Lord, I'm quite certain that what I believe is true. But if you're a Buddhist, God, I want to be a Buddhist. If you're a Mormon, God, I want to be a Mormon. I didn't pray Muslim because I don't think I heard, about, I heard of it yet. But I just went through the list. God, whoever you are, that's what I want to be. And I sought the Bible with my whole heart and said, God, prove me. And I would die now for my belief that the Bible is the word of God. I believe that with all of my heart. And by the way, it didn't take all these years. It took just a year or two of intensely reading and praying, studying the Bible for me to be convinced with all of my heart. He say, how is that? See, we want all of our evidences, that, things that we can see, things that we can hear and touch and and, and use our five senses to perceive. That's, we want those kind of proofs. And God says, no, I, I'll give you proof that'll stay in here for the rest of your life. Those are God's proofs. But you've got to get them yourself. If you're looking for some little gimmick, some little slogan, some little story that I can tell you that's going to work for you, you're never going to find it. You're never going to find it. You've got to go after it yourself. Because of its origin. You, if you're not convinced that this book comes from God, that's the most important pursuit that you can undertake in your life. Forget everything else you're doing and go after that. You either need to be persuaded that it comes from God or persuaded that it doesn't come from God. I had a time where I was, I was carrying, I, I always have these, I don't know if they're real leather, but at, at least they're fake leather. They, what do they call that? Leatherette or, or whatever they call it. Bonded leather, that's what they call it. Uh, New Testaments that I would carry with me as I went out and went door to door and, and visited. And, I, and um, I got to where whenever I'd meet an agnostic, I would say, uh, you know, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. I would pull out my, my, uh, my bonded leather New Testament. And I'd say, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave this with you. And... I want you to read it through. You see, it's a New Testament. It wasn't very thick. I said, I want, you to, I want you to do something. I want you to read it cover to cover. And when you're done, either believe it or throw it in the trash. It's funny how many ag agnostics would say, I would never throw the Bible in the trash. 
I'd say, why? And it wasn't a gimmick. I, I left it with them. I stopped doing it because of 20, 20 bucks a copy. It started to get a little expensive. But it was, and I, but I meant that with all my heart, and I wouldn't leave it with them. Because you're either going to be convinced that it's the word of God as you, if you read it. I'd say, read it through and ask, say, God, show me. You're either going to be convinced, or if you're convinced it's not the word of God, it is a waste of your time. If this is not God's word, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. If you're not convinced that the Bible is from God, don't waste your life on it. But you make sure that your heart is genuine as you seek him. If you don't want to hear from God, if you don't want to hear from God, you probably won't read it to begin with. But if you sincerely want to know the truth, he will show you. And I don't fear it. A guy asked me the other day. He said, you know, you say that, but what if I sincerely seek the Lord and I wind up a Muslim? I said, you won't. You won't. You seek the Lord with all your heart, you will wind up believing Jesus. It's origin. It's precious because of its origin. It's precious because of the spiritual life that it produces. I love hearing and reading, and they are just so abundant. Stories, testimonies of people, past and present, who tell how they got saved. And as they tell their story, so often they come to the place where they say, and then I heard this verse. And they'll quote a Bible verse. And it's different for so many people. But it's that verse that took root in their heart and they couldn't get away from it. Kept them awake at night. And that's what caused them to put their faith in Jesus Christ. It produces spiritual life. But it doesn't just produce spiritual life that saves you. It goes on to produce spiritual life in you every day. If you let it this week, it produced spiritual life in you every day. If you let it. If you didn't pick it up, it didn't. Or if you just read it like routine, like, okay. It didn't, do, it didn't produce any spiritual life. But if you sought it, if you said, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. And then you opened up and you searched. And you made that discovery and you wrote some things down. Then God could use it to produce spiritual life in you. When was the last time you memorized a verse, Christian? Those verses that you bring up as you go through your day. They will produce spiritual life in you. Spiritual life that will help you overcome your character flaws. Spiritual life that will help you overcome your foul language. Spiritual life that will help you overcome your temper. Spiritual life that will help you overcome the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's precious because of the spiritual life it produces. It's precious because of its exclusive power this is not just one of many books the Quran won't do for you what the Bible will do for you the Book of Mormon will not do for you what the Bible will do for you the staff of Joseph Joseph will not do for you what the Bible will do for you it's precious because of its exclusive power it's it's 
precious because of the universal need for it. I drive up and down the streets of our city. And I can't escape the thought, no matter who I see, no matter what house or apartment I pass, they need these words. No exceptions. They need these words. And I've got to find a way to get it to everybody. They need these words. It's universal need. Yesterday, I was in Yonkers yesterday. And, um, you know, I don't go into restaurants. I can walk in with my crutches, but I can't walk out with food. You ever think of that? I can't go to the grocery store. Because I can walk in, but I can't walk out with food, with, with stuff. So I live. <clears throat> I live in, uh, I live by drive through windows. I don't mean I eat there exclusively there, but like yesterday, I was out in the middle of the day, I hadn't eaten lunch, I had to find a drive-thru. And I was on Broadway in, in Yonkers, and uh, just take my word for it, not a lot of drive-thrus there. You know where I wound up eating? You're not gonna believe this. If you know me, you're not gonna believe this. White Castle. <laughs> but I didn't have a slider. I, uh, they had a lot of fried food there. They had some fried fish. They had some fried uh, chicken rings. They, what else did I? The, the three things I ordered: fish, chicken ring. Oh, mozzarella sticks. Praise the Lord. And uh, that was my lunch. But I'm driving up South Broadway in Yonkers. People everywhere. Man, next time, because I know you, you're having church planners walk up to you all the time and say, "Where can I start a church?" So for that reason. Next time you have somebody ask you, hey, do you know where I can start a church? Yonkers. There's a great church there. That would be Pastor Rolando Aries' church, Man of God. It's a Spanish-speaking church. Wonderful. He is like the Spanish apostle of, of New York City, the New York City area. I'm serious. He's an amazing man. Uh, but you better know Spanish if you go to his church. There's plenty of English-speaking people that need a soul-winning church in Yonkers. Anyway, I'm driving up South Broadway, and it's, it reminded me of, of driving through the Bronx. Not much difference. It reminded me of driving down the, a main street in, in Chicago. Not much difference. And what all those people had in common, they all need the Word of God. No exceptions. It's precious because of the universal need for it. It's precious because of the command that accompanies it. We read it a minute ago, the Great Commission. Christians are commanded to get the precious seed to the lost world. It's precious because of the emotion that it evokes. He that goeth forth and weepeth. Jesus stood over Jerusalem and prayed. He wept as he looked on Jerusalem. Because, just like the people of Danbury that I described, just like the people in Yonkers that I described, he knew the people of Jerusalem needed the word, and yet either they hadn't heard it or they hadn't listened. He that goeth forth and weepeth. What makes you weep as you bear the precious seed? The realization that some of it is going to be fall by the wayside. And just be snatched up. It makes you weep to realize that some of it's going to fall on stony ground where it won't take root. 
It makes you weep as, as we go door to door. And praise the Lord, uh, Wednesday night was an awesome night with, with uh, soul winning. And uh, my wife and, and uh, Miss Deb won a lady to Christ. And Brother Corky won a man to Christ. And it was a great night. But how many nights do we go out and hit 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 doors and zero positive response? And that makes you weep. When you realize, sir, ma'am, your eternity may hang in a balance. Depending on what you do right now. And they don't have time. The emotion it evokes. It's precious because of the change that it produces. On the way down to Yonkers yesterday, Brother Jose was asking me to tell him about the early days of starting the church in Brewster. And it was basically that first year, I mean, it was me and Amy and my mom and dad just scattering the seed in Brewster. And man, the changes, and I won't tell the stories. I told you I was going to keep it on the shorter side, so I won't tell the stories, but of people getting saved and their life immediately changing. Unbelievable the things that the Lord did in people's lives through the precious seed. And folks, there's still people out there waiting to hear. Amen. And just because 999 people may turn a deaf ear to the precious seed, it's that one that we're looking for. By the way, that's what keeps you weeping. God, help me to find that one. Help me to find that one. It's a precious seed because of its guaranteed results. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bringing his sheaves with him. If you don't know what sheaves are, though we would say bales. But sheaves are the finished product harvested and wrapped up and ready to bring home. Bringing his sheaves with him. Look, hey, look, look at the harvest here. Uh, uh, a wagon, a cart full of sheaves, wheat that's been harvested, and it all came from the scattering of the seed months ago. Doubtless. Doubtless. And that, that's, that's the same as Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. You scatter the seed. You will reap a harvest. We have some amazing seeds at our disposal. And they all contain the word of God. The important thing about this is not advertising the church. We've got right now over 5,000 of these in stock. You're welcome to take them if you're going to use them. On this side, it's got the gospel in English. On this guy side, it's got the gospel in Spanish. Precious seed. As far as I can remember, this is the only track we've ever produced that had the gospel in English and in Spanish. Precious seed. Would you scatter some this week? Would you get some out? Everybody at every drive through window needs one, as I've learned. They all need it. There's nobody who doesn't. He said, well, they wouldn't be interested, but they need it. They all need it. We have these seeds also. 
These are like the easiest to scatter. Why? Because you walk up to the front door, and if you if you if you're not if if you don't want to knock, you don't even have to knock. You just put it right on the door doorknob. And guess what? This has a more complete plan of salvation on the back than this one does. This one's only in English, but it's got the gospel right there. This, what's written here and what's written here can make the difference between whether a person spends eternity in hell or spends eternity in heaven. That's some precious seed. So it's precious to you because what it'll do for you this very day if you let it and, and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. But it's precious because of what it can produce in the lives of people. Everybody needs it. If we can get it into their hands and let the Lord do his work. I had a long story I was going to tell you. I'm not going to end with that. I'm going to end right here. Would you realize the power of the seed that you have at your disposal?